You're listening to Living in Alignment podcast, the show that brings you deep and conscious conversations to live and grow in rhythm to your natural state. I'm your host, Rada Khalifi. Relationships and self-worth may seem like two completely unrelated topics, but the fact is the health of your relationship can clearly reflect the condition of your self-esteem. We are welcoming again guest expert Annie Levine today to discuss relationships and how to align with relationships that reflect a healthy sense of self-worth. Annie is a dating relationship coach and relationship skills educator, Annie works with people nationally and internationally to empower them to create and maintain conscious intimate relationships. Thank you for being here. Grab a glass of water and I'll be right back with Annie. I'm happy to welcome back again Annie to the show and really have another conversation with you around relationship and self-worth. So Annie, let's jump right into it. Cool? Mm -hmm. Yes, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So we hear stories often about, you know, friends and family tell people, tell you that you should be with a good guy or a good girl who loves you for who you are and someone who deserves you. You know, we hear these words all the time and we know that, like, you know, but somehow all this seemingly good people you meet end up being incompatible or not the right partner for you. In your opinion, what are they doing? I don't know if the word wrong or not wrong, let's say, that they keep attracting the wrong people. I'm using the word wrong here, but please use different words sure. if that um, mm -hmm. resonates better. Yeah, we could use right, we could use wrong. I mean, they're kind of the terms that we, we typically go to, but um, I guess, you know, alignment, actually being in alignment with our partners, um, choosing partners that we don't feel are a good fit for us. You know, it's nothing really to do with knowledge. And, and, and that's the interesting thing, because we have we live in a world of knowledge you know, and we can reach for any given book that's going to teach us any number of things. But it's really that deep inner knowing of ourselves that can support us in choosing partners and making different choices. Um, so for me, in a lot of the work I do with singles who are interested in meeting partners who they are more in alignment with, it comes down to getting to know themselves. So supporting them to get to know themselves to figure out what it is that they need what it is that they need rather than what it is that they may want. Because mm. I think <laughs> the wants are kind of the sparkly things that mm. we'll kind of attract to very, you know, early on. But to the, the knowing of ourselves on a deeper level for a lot of people, um, you know, doesn't maybe come in those early years where people typically partner and maybe even marry. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good uh, way how you identified it at knowing yourself of what you need versus what you want. So could you speak to that more? What's the difference between a need and want? Sure. Uh, when I think about designing um, or, or considering or settling in to figure out what it is that I really need, our needs come out of our values and um, our needs come out of 
knowing our um, family of origin, knowing maybe what we didn't receive back then and what we may need now. So let me give you an example, a um, very typical example, and one that I can certainly identify with would be, you know, a longing that people might have to be seen, to be heard, to be emotionally met. You know, our parents, our, our caregivers, for, for the most part, um, may not have done that perfectly. You know, it's, it's, it's something that um, people often complain of, you know, that they, they weren't, um, you know, emotionally met in the ways that they might like to have been. So then in adulthood, they may, um, they may not understand this kind of need that they have to be seen, to be validated, to be heard, to be cherished. And that can often show up in some of the um, partners that we choose. So a need in this example would be that I have a need for a partner who is emotionally available, who mm. will show up um, when they say they will, who is able to meet me um, where I'm at, who can emotionally um, see me, hear me, etc. Whereas a want that people could probably easily access might be I would like my partner to be six foot four, um, dark haired, handsome, um, all of those, you know, very typical examples that we can take from, from, from the movies, from romantic love, the idea that we have of romantic love being about the external rather than, um, yeah, the, the deeper knowings of ourselves. We live in a world where we are seeking external validation a lot of the times. And we, we oftentimes think that, you know, this new lotion or potion will make us happy or this, um, you know, new outfit or whatever it might be. But generally <clears throat> that doesn't, that doesn't hit those deeper levels in terms of your greater needs. It might be more, I have this um, want um, in a very superficial way that, that I often describe is, is kind of the ego's wants, you know, rather than, than the heart's um, true desires. So yeah, there is quite yeah. a lot in that. And where does, um, I don't know, this is what's emerging to me, where does that story we create, the narrative we tell ourselves sometimes, we believe that it is what we need but actually it's maybe on on deeper level it's actually what we want it's that narrative that we've been feeding for a long time and we think that it is what we need for me i think it, it's a repeated habit of mm. filling my my wants time and time again and realizing ah that doesn't quite do it <laughs> you know i'm still not fulfilled i thought i would be i'm still not fulfilled so i've gone out I've bought the beautiful outfit, I've bought the, um, the makeup, whatever it might be. Now I'm using really superficial examples here, but oftentimes these can be the things that we reach to. Um, not only, like, I think we have to be careful that we, we don't blame or shame ourselves for that because there's a whole industry that is created to support um, us in, in, in believing um, that, you know, we need these things. So, it, it, it's almost like we've been sold this is a need rather than a want so mm. we're not solely to blame for you know the ways in which we can be unconsciously making choices um in the world we live in a capitalist society you know but um i do think i do think paying attention to whether or not you get what you think you will in terms of fulfillment or satisfaction 
from from these things that maybe your mind is telling you you will get it from the new car and um, you know um, i'm trying to think of other examples here and now and um, for a relationship for someone who thinks that this relationship actually or this person is a right fit for me or whether you know like they have this narrative that they keep repeating to themselves that this is like the kind of people they want to meet like how can you tell the difference what would be an indicator that can help them you know identify exactly what they need I think it's probably doing an assessment of when they feel most fulfilled the types of company that they keep and when they feel most fulfilled in that company so think about in a very very simple basic level when you walk away from people that are in your life do you feel filled up on love or do you feel drained um, and then then reflect on what it was about that interaction that really made you feel so so full so seen so heard so valued um, because there's something in that there's something in that exchange there's something in that interaction that um, is really special for you and that's the part where that I would refer to as, as, as your heart being filled up, you know, it's like that, that really touched my heart rather than um, it was some sort of a superficial exchange where, you know, we, we did what we said we'd do, but I come away and I feel worse actually than, than my state or my mood before yeah. I met you. Yeah. Um, I love that. And mm-hmm. like, it's like looking for, you know, the want is more of like an instant gratification where the need is more about nourished and fulfillment, right? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly that. Yeah, lovely way of describing it, Gather. So like we often hear like this is common thinking when girls get together or even families, like, uh, you know, when searching for a partner that you know, that, that this partner that's going to help you when you get into that relationship, you're going to be finally, you know, happy. And this is like the achievement, like it's like an achievement. So mm-hmm. how do we stop, and especially for the young girls now who are just getting into relationships and thinking that, you know, a relationship is their token of happiness. Mm-hmm. How do we stop? tying self-worth to relationships we we need to we need to have a sense of our own self-worth um so that we don't seek acceptance and validation from from others or even from you know this relationship status if i'm in a relationship it means something about me um because that's quite dangerous because then if we're believing this to be true if I'm in a relationship I'm successful or whatever whatever your your story might be then people can often rush into relationships for fear of being single and then they may struggle to actually leave a relationship if they then discover it's not healthy Mm. so discovering your sense of self separate to a partner or even whilst you're in partnership, if there's anybody listening who's in, who's in a relationship and thinks they can't discover their own self-worth because they're now partnered, that's not the case. You know, it's kind of like, it's a lifelong quest to come back home to yourself. At least that's my experience of it. You know, we're constantly coming home to who we truly are. It's a practice. You know, where is the line where, where you can meet, self-worth meets love, let's say? Oh, 
that's a beautiful question. Where self-worth meets love. It comes back to what we have already spoken about, which is do I know myself well enough to know what serves me? Do I know my partner well enough to know what serves them? Do I know the relationship well enough to know what serves it? And I think that's the thing, you know, we get so emotionally invested in romantic relationships that we can, we can often fail to set boundaries. And I think that in turn then can lead to, to complications and issues in relationships if that goes on over a long period of time. Yeah, so the word boundaries actually is, we hear it all the time and, and can actually be very effective in, in that. So could you give us some example of what boundaries could look like for someone who value themselves or like really have a good sense of self-worth? Mm. Yeah, so, so boundaries is kind of understanding where, where I begin and end and then where this other person begins and ends. So it's knowing the difference between you being who you are, me being who I am, and that being okay, that we can both coexist together. Um, and an example of somebody who would be uh, setting some nice boundaries early on in relationship or dating could be that they, they value their time. So it might be the case that I am available on such and such a date, but I'm not available on another date. Um, or that it could be an expression of how much you like to be in their company, you know. Um, I'm finding this contact maybe a little bit too much. Would it be okay if we were to only chat in the evenings? I'm, I'm, I'm just busy during my day. You know, it's kind of just communicating what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And... I also think doing this early on is, is, is a good idea because you get to see how the person you're in relationship with respects your boundaries. You know, that's really important. You can tell a lot about a person in terms of how they're responding to your no. 100%. I love that. I love that. So you're saying is it's it's good to talk about boundaries when you start a relationship, or even if you are in a relationship, to keep redefining these boundaries, you know, Absolutely. to like if you create a boundary for the time being, it might change the way, you know, your schedule change, your priorities change. So also revisiting the boundaries. Yeah, that's a great question, because, you know, the more our relationship grows, the more our trust grows the more I can maybe relax my boundary. Um, the more I get to know myself, I might discover, ah, that's the reason I've been getting so resentful. Maybe I'm giving too much. So now I realize, ah, this is a, this is a little um, signal for me to now reflect on where it is that I need to set a boundary. So ongoing boundary setting is key mm -hmm. in relationships for sure. Yeah. I want to ask this question, but I'm not sure if I want to go into, you know, place of fear here, especially after talking about boundaries. But could you say more to why this external validation or seeking this constant, you know, approval and love from others? Where does this fear come from? Mm. Yeah, for... For me, this idea of seeking external validation, it's, it's, it's coming from, from upbringing. It's coming from family of origin. 
it can even come from our society at large but I think the thing to remember is that we are human beings you know we're social creatures so we can fear social rejection you know if you're constantly um seeking external validation or um you know you haven't really acquired a true sense of of accepting yourself we need to spend some time to see why you in particular are seeking external validation these are all just guesses um and they're informed guesses but at the same time you will have a unique blueprint for why it is that you're seeking the external validation i mean for other people it could be that they're they're afraid of not being good enough so they need other people to tell them mm. that they're okay or mm. that they are accepted mm. Mm. Um, but to overcome it would be to you know work on the relationship that we have with ourselves become curious about ah oh, i'm doing that thing again um and let me pay attention to why that might be you do have to kind of dig a little bit into the root of your fears to know if they are founded or not you know because we also have so many irrational fears and until we pay attention to them um we won't know whether or not we need to give them as much power and attention as we do yeah so so the invitation here is to really go get to the roots of your fears and revisit the narrative you're telling yourself about, you know, like, you know, wh- why you need this relationship and who you are without this relationship. And um, so it, it's form of like a develop it, once you change and, and work on changing that narrative, right, as a as a strategy to start, as you put it, knowing yourself. And can we say that at the start of developing your self-worth as well? Sure. Yeah, it's it, for me, it's all interrelated in a sense, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence. You know, we often use these terms interchangeably. But, you know, it's self-worth really, if we wanted to simplify it, it's, 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 it's just having a sense of your value as a human being, you know. Um, and I think when you do this healthy sense of it, you know, you don't feel this urge to measure your value based on things outside of yourself, such as, you know, your relationship status. Um, but we do need to bring a little bit of attention to and self-awareness obviously to to the the stories we are running yeah the stories we tell ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah 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 so Mm -hmm. what are some habits like or strategies we can build in order to you know change the narrative and just work on developing this good sense of Mm self-worth yeah it comes down to to what is it that that gives me the space away from my busy life that allows me to reflect that allows me to create that sense of greater awareness for some people it could be meditation for others it could be taking a walk in nature Uh, for others it could be you know lying on your bed staring at the clouds Um, it can be anything that just really takes you out of routines um, where you are busy uh, Mm. distracted yeah. Does, does that sound- yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to take you out of this reacting to your to your story, to the old story, to your mm-hmm. fears, and creating, as you're saying, like creating space so you can actually 
um, get in touch more. It's there. Self-worth is there. It's just like we, because of the fear, we stop seeing it. We stop connecting to that. So, I mean, what you're saying is develop those, you know, like meditation or walking in nature just to create that space so you can see for yourself, so you can, you know, strengthen that. Mm. Yeah. And, and if, if, I mean, if you have the means by all means, you seek support, you know, link in with a therapist, a coach, um, and and give this attention, you know, this is worthwhile, this is lifelong, you know, mm. the, the one relationship we can be sure we will be in forever is the one we have with ourselves. So it's always a really valuable investment to say, I'm going to spend a little bit of time here to just invest in, in, in me to discover what it is that I value you know for some people they might very quickly sort of say what are values what does that even mean and there's lots of therapists I mean I certainly do it with clients um, where you do a values exercise you know to discover what your values are um, but really paying attention to what lights you up is a great place to start you know in the absence of a therapist or a coach yeah, that's, that's a very important point of, you know, of another way of really investing yourself rather than investing in the external to invest in your, you know, in, yes. in getting to know yourself and, and be generous with that, which brings us to actually, um, you know, for, for people who are interested in investing in themselves and want to work on developing a relationship that can attract the a right partner for them that is a relationship that's aligned with who you are where can they find you online annie a place that i'm in very frequently would be instagram so you'll find me at the relationship coach.ie um, i'm based out of dublin but work with people um worldwide because we're all in this online space now so it's um it's a real blessing to be able to do that. So yeah, you'll get me there. The .ie is important. That's the Ireland part because there's other relationship coaches. Um, and I'm running my 90-day program, Learn to Love, uh, starting again the end of February. Uh, this is 2022 for anybody who's listening back. And so yeah, DM me, get in touch if you're interested in, in, in doing this work that prepares you for healthy, intimate love. Perfect. And I always, of course, I have the links to connect to Annie. And Annie, before we, um, before I let you go, mm. I know I asked you this question before on the uh, podcast, but how living in alignment changed for you since, since last year? Mm. What does it mean to you today, living in alignment? Oh, I love this question because you know some of the things that I have I have made a lot of changes in my life but the biggest one has just been slowing down you know slowing down everything um I'm the type of person who likes to walk fast <laughs> I think that always gives you an indicator of who that person is if they walk really fast you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just physically slowed down a lot and it's amazing the impact that can have with being more in touch and aligned with me um, number one but the world around me being more present even with nature you know um, there's just so much so much more that I'm seeing um, as I do that as the most simplest thing 
um, for anybody who, like me, is a fast walker <laughs> and all the, that comes with being a fast walker. Um, Gaja, yeah. Yeah, Annie, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you again here. Thank you again for your knowledge and sharing your experience. And I look forward again to um, more conversation. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Ada. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've got something interesting to share, tag us in a post on Instagram or comment below. We'd love to hear about your takeaways. I'd be grateful if you head up to iTunes and give us a rating. Also, who do you know can benefit from today's episode? Pay it forward, share the link. Thanks for listening. This is Rada Khalifi signing off.